I'm Ken with a Disney MGM Studios tip. Within a matter of uh, several days, I will myself make what might be called a flying saucer. Sir. You sir there. Yes, sir. Could you give us a little help today? Oh, yes, sir. Well, you wait a minute. You're Walter Cronkite. That, and that's the way it is. Hold on, Walter. Can you just a moment? <laughs> How you doing? Name's Robin. Nice to be, but you can call me Chuck. <laughs> Welcome to Sound Stations. Please pick up a pair of headphones and be seated. W Radio. You're in my friend and welcome to the WW radio show your Walt Disney World information station I am your host Lou Mangello and this is show number 490 and I'm here once again not only to help you have the best possible vacation experience when you go to the parks but I also want to bring you a little bit of Disney magic every week with the podcast videos blog live broadcasts on Facebook every Wednesday my books audio tours special events and more you can find everything over at www.radio.com. So this year's D23 Expo was not just the largest to date, but was one that was full of surprises and announcements from many divisions in the Disney company, including parks and resorts, live-action films, animation, television, and much more. So this week, we're going to look back at the event and discuss 10 takeaways from D23 Expo 2017. From the show floor to the panels and presentations and everything in between, we'll not only review what was announced, but the expo in general, and also speculate as to what the future may hold with some predictions about what may be coming to the parks. We'll also discuss the inaugural WW Radio Disneyland Quest scavenger hunt through the park and reveal what's coming next. I'll then have the answer to our last Walt Disney World trivia question of the week and pose a new challenge for your chance to win a Disney prize package And be sure and stay tuned to the end of the show as I'll have some updates and announcements, including our next Meet of the Month in Walt Disney World and maybe a special final ride in Epcot Center. I'll also have some more of your voicemails. So sit back, relax, and enjoy this week's episode of the WDW Radio Show. forward, I want to take a look back. Back to 2009, because in March of that year, Bob Iger introduced us to the concept of something called D23, the official fan club for Disney fans. And just a few months later, an inaugural event bringing those fans together in person took place. And that was the very first D23 Expo at the Anaheim Convention Center from September 10th through the 13th, 2009. And that's where we first heard names like the D23 Arena, Stage 23, the Storytellers Theater, and the Walt Disney Studios Theater. And there, and on the show floor, a lot of future projects were announced to the fans for the first time, including things like the expansion of Fantasyland at the Magic Kingdom, it seems like ages ago, 
an update to Star Tours, the film that was going to be based on the Beatles' Yellow Submarine. Remember that, right? This was supposed to be a 3D film directed by Robert Zemeckis. Obviously never happened. A fourth Pirates film, a new Muppets film, and sneak previews of projects like Prep and Landing, Beauty and the Beast in 3D, some new viral Muppet videos, and a new film series helmed by Guillermo del Toro. And I'm still, by the way, waiting for the Haunted Mansion movie that was promised a few weeks later at Comic-Con 2010, but I digress. Celebrity appearances that year included names like John Travolta, Nicolas Cage, Kelsey Grammer, Tim Burton, Selena Gomez, Donny Osmond, Betty White, Robin Williams, Johnny Depp, of course, as well as live performances by Miley Cyrus and the Muppets. I mean, not together, but Miley Cyrus and the Muppets. Uh, I, Looking back, I remember my personal experience there, both as a fan, uh, as a content creator and exhibitor, and accidentally really becoming a live broadcaster on the show floor for all four days. But this was a brand new event from a brand new division of the company and something that was unlike anything we had seen before. We had no idea what to expect, but over time and from that expo, D23 has evolved to really change the way, I think, Disney communicates to and more importantly with its fans and how, where, and when they announced some of its new projects. For example, I remember back when Jay Rizzullo announced that that he'd heard all these rumors about a big expansion of Fantasyland, and he confirmed those rumors to be true. And I think the Expo changed the game back then, and it continues to grow, evolve, and maybe in some ways even mature. But one thing remains the same. It's the de facto place to be if you are a Disney fan, whether it's the parks, movies, TV, animation, merchandise, history, or anything in between, there's something there for everybody at Expo. So I, and collectively we, were back at Expo again this year as fans, exhibitors, media, broadcaster, but above all, we were there as Disney enthusiasts who were excited to learn and share the experience with others. And that's exactly what we're going to do this week. But of course, like the Expo, while you can't <coughs> excuse me, do it alone, it's best when it's shared with friends. That's how we did it at the Expo, and that's how we're going to do it on this week's show. So I want to welcome some friends and some members of the WWE Nation who are there with us on the show floor in no particular order other than ladies first. As always, I'd like to welcome not just a friend, not just a partner, but... Uh, the my compadre on the show floor in the WWE Radio Mouse Fan Travel, like Oreo cookie booth, Becky Mankin from MEI and Mouse Fan Travel. <laughs> Dude, were there Oreo cookies and I missed snacks? Uh, if there were, we could have used some Oreo cookies, especially by about five o'clock on day three. Uh, yeah, let alone day one. But thanks, thanks for doing that whole Wayback Machine thing that you just did there because it was just reminding me just how far this whole D23 thing has come. Remember, that was eight years ago. That was a long time ago. And uh, it, it's um, it's a very different expo than it was back then. But yep, there were some other folks who were there uh, on the floor. They're members of the nation. They are friends as well. I'd also like to welcome, I think for the first time, Shannon King to the show. Hi, yep, first time on the show, so excited. You're supposed to say first time caller, long time listener. Nobody's ever said that to me. <laughs> oh, right, I'm sorry. I'll have to make sure I cover that next time. Thank you. Well, it won't matter then because you'll be a second time <laughs> caller. Uh, back again, he is a member of the nation. He is a friend. He is also a member of the WW Radio running team. 
all-around nice guy and one of the best-dressed guys on the run Disney courses. He is Mr. Luke Lawson. Hey, y'all. Great intro, Lou. I appreciate that. Uh, excited to revisit this uh, D23 Expo with you guys. <coughs> Excuse me. I'll apologize in advance. The only souvenir I came back from Expo with was the flu and bronchitis. So I clearly should have shopped in the Dream Store a little bit better than I did. We also have one other guest in studio for the first time. I think for the first time ever. You may know him from such earlier shows as live dining reviews and a couple of shows from Disney World and Walt Disney World out and about in the field. He is the apple that does not fall far from the tree. Mr. Nicholas Mangello. I'm back and better than ever, baby. (laughs) He wrote that himself. Um, So before we get into recapping the expo, I want to talk to you guys a little bit. Becky, obviously, you've been there with me on the floor since day one. But uh, Shannon and Luke, tell me, and in that order again, because ladies first, um, tell me if you've been to expo before, and more importantly, why did you go this year and maybe what did you hope to get out of it? Well, I have been to all the expos, so I have been at every single one and um, I can't not go now. You've got to keep the record going. So um, I decided to go this year. I was fortunate to be able to attend as a sorcerer. So that really gave me a different perspective on it. And um, I was hoping to be able to get into as many panels as I could. So for those who don't know, if you could explain what the Sorcerer ticket, what the Sorcerer package is, and what it entails, and really what are some of the advantages and privileges of having it? The Sorcerer ticket is a very high price ticket that'll get you in... Um, It's reserved seating in all of the major panels as long as you show up about 30 minutes beforehand. It also gives you the opportunity to go on Thursday for some pre-shopping advantages. You've got a few other little perks. You've got a lounge and some other little events that they put on for you. We got a firework viewing and things like that. But um, the big thing is it saves so much time. You don't wait in lines. And and I think for a lot of people is the assurance that you will get into some of the things because we'll talk about how sometimes you can't get into everything was it the assurance you want to get seating or was it i know for a lot of people it is about the shopping and the merchandise i was when i purchased the ticket rationale wise like telling myself this is so you can get into panels but of course i got sucked (laughs) into the shopping too because hey i'm there (laughs) so i did a little bit of both yeah it um it's very very easy to uh to wear out your credit card at D23 Expo. And the fact that Disneyland is right around the corner doesn't hurt either. Uh, Luke, what about you? How many times have you been before? Why did you go and what did you hope to get out of it? Yeah, this was my very first Expo uh, and it will not be uh, my last. Um, I I watched some of uh, you and Becky's broadcast from last year and just thought, why am I not there? I need to be there. I was actually looking up uh, like flights on Friday to see if I could fly out for Saturday and Sunday. That didn't happen. Um, but, you know, I, I wanted to to be in it and be with my people and, uh, you know, get to get to experience the things that I think you can only experience at this expo. And it, it will definitely not be my last expo. I think what you just said really encapsulates why we all go to this is you wanted to be with your people. And you said it sort of somewhat tongue in cheek. And your people are not just 
the running people, the W Radio people, the nation people. It's people that you know are like-minded, that they that they get, and I'm putting using air quotes, they get some of the things that maybe those folks that you work with or live with or associate with might not necessarily understand, but you know that those people are going to be on that show floor. Yeah, you nailed it. Uh, it it's the only place that you can kind of walk and, and pass people that you know will get these little references and you know, geek out about uh, seeing Bob Gurr, or they know the name Tony Bax. Um, so when you get all those people in one place and you know that you are one of those people, it, it's a really cool, powerful community that you're part of. So, Nicholas, this was your fi- first time there. I will tell you that one of the first times I ever left you alone, and I don't mean alone, like with your grandparents, was the very first expo because your mother came with. What were you most excited about i mean you 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 basically told me that you guys were coming to expo i had no choice this year because you heard so much about it but what were you most excited about or hoping to get out of it i was most excited to just walk around the show floor but and the show floor was so much fun it was fun to walk around go shopping (laughs) do all the signings it was just a great expo it is truly the ultimate disney fan convention yeah, we'll talk about how it may have either met or exceeded your uh, personal expectations. But I think, look, there's so much to cover from three days. Becky, remember when it was four days? Remember the first year it was actually yeah. Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday? Yeah, by day four we were like, uh, can this be three? Because if between your feet hurting so badly and just the sheer running out of everything that we were trying to give away at the same time. Don't, don't, don't talk <laughs> about day four and my pyramid of boxes. I had to ship back. Uh, you know, so, I, gotta, I have to dig up that picture someday. It's a, it really was a, that was the first time I think you ever saw me sad. <laughs> yes. Sad, angry, you know, the whole, the whole gamut was, was, was lot, right. On there was a lot. But you know, to Luke's point to what he said, when I started broadcasting on Thursday or, uh, and my initial fi- thought was, let me just show people the setup of the booth. Maybe I'll walk around the show floor, and it would be a 20, 30-hour-long broadcast. It ended up turning into an all-day broadcast. We left the camera going, and we'll talk more <laughs> about that. Why? But Luke, to your point, two people came to the booth on Friday and said, I was watching yesterday. I had no idea what to expect because we didn't know what this expo thing was. I saw how much fun you guys were having. I literally packed my bag, went to the airport, and came here that night because I didn't want to miss out on anything. And that has, that's not, that, that's not, to, well, in one hand, it's a testament to the power of the live broadcast and being able to connect people to the experience. But I think it shows not only did people not know what to expect that year, but when they saw the fun that people were having with like-minded people, there was that feeling that they had to get there. Yeah, you know, it, it's it's one of those things that um, you can't fully appreciate it until you experience it. And uh, I, I didn't, you know, I saw how great it looked from the outside. Now that I've been on the inside, um, you know, it, it there's no way that you can keep. Right, you don't you don't want to be on the it's outside. Such a sense of community. Yeah, it's it's an amazing yeah. community, and you strike up friendships with people in line. And I've kept in touch with so many people from over the five expos that I just met in line. And that's it. It, it is absolutely the sense of community. It is the natural and and right extension of what D twenty three was supposed to be. But look, like I said, there's a there's so much to cover, right? Because Expo brings together not just 
the Disney brand and parks and resorts and merchandise and consumer products and television and movies, but there's also, you know, Marvel and Lucasfilm. And, so instead of trying to review all of it, I think what we should try and do is look at our 10 takeaways from the expo. And I'm using 10 in air quotes. It could be, it'll probably be 10-ish. But those things can be everything from announcements, personal experiences, what you enjoyed most, what you're looking forward to experience most, celebrity interactions, fellow fans, whatever it might be. And we'll try and sort of just go around the horn one by one. As always, ladies first. And Shannon, since you are uh, a first timer on the show, but you have been to the expos before, I'd love to hear what was one of your big, and you can do this in any order that you want, either your biggest takeaway or the one that came to mind first for you. Well, I'll go ahead and start with my biggest. And the biggest takeaway for me is just how much, how special it is to be able to enjoy all these Disney legends that come and do panels and even just walk around the show floor and are there talking to us about their experiences. It's just such a magical thing. And I went to the Inspiring Women of Imagineering and they talked about their jobs. And one of the things they said they don't ever do is they don't say, yes, but they always say, yes, and. And mm. I left thinking, oh my gosh, I need to do that in my own life. It's just, I, I love hearing from these people. And I think that's one of the things, and actually Nicholas and I were talking about that really since the expo, I kept asking him every day, what was the most special thing that happened? What was the most impactful thing that happened? What was the thing that you were most excited about? And you, there was one person you wanted to meet, there was one thing that you wanted to guess, wanted to get while you were there. Talk about the ability to see and meet and talk to and thank and get an autograph from somebody who created something in the Disney world that was so very important to you. So what I loved is that, so I waited in line for like two hours to get this because people were saying, oh yeah, you need a wristband, you need to buy a book, it was crazy. But I loved how I got to meet him and it was like my birthday week. And now who's him, who's him? Alex Hurst, the creator of Gravity Falls. And also the producer, the animator, and the character designer were there too. So it's a triple whammy, woohoo! So I get them all to sign my book, and that's all I wanted to do. And they were all so nice and kind, and all the people were there in line were so nice. It's just a big fan get together to meet one big person. Right. So there was this show that you loved, and we loved it together. And I remember probably. Four years ago or two years ago, whatever the last expo was, um, Alex Hurst was there again. I was live broadcasting. He gave me a poster and signed it and sort of left a message for you guys who were watching live. Now you got a chance to meet him. And I think, Nick, what that evidence is, is one of the what I think the big takeaways and one of the big reasons why people go here is to meet or hear from those whether it's a Disney legend, a celebrity, an author, an actress, a producer, uh, whatever it might be, you not only get to necessarily see them on a panel or a presentation, but the, you get the opportunity to meet them, shake hands with them, get something signed by them. So for all of you, did any of you have any of those fangirl, fanboy moments where there was some, somebody you either saw either on a presentation at a signing, or more importantly, and I think this is the, a big takeaway for me, just see them wandering around the show floor because so many of them are fans. 
Yeah, for for me, one of my biggest takeaways, and it it hit with Shannon, what she just said, where you get to see the legends, you get to talk to them, you get to walk up to them. They're so approachable, and they want to talk about what they've created, because a lot of us don't, uh, you know, unless you're a super fan like we are, you may not really have that level of appreciation for the people who've created all this magic that we really, really enjoy. And, you know, not to bring the room down, but for me, it was that I had this opportunity to go right behind our own booth and say hi and chat with and get a big hug from Marty Sklar. And he was there signing books for, um, uh, to help their charity, which they work with Ryman arts. And he was back there. He's, you know, he was 83 and he was signing books six hours a day, um, for, for fans and meeting them and shaking their hands and talking about his love for what he's done. And, you know, we get this opportunity when you go to D23 or you, you go to some of the other fan things that happen around uh, the U.S. where you get to meet the Tony Baxters and the Kevin Rafferty's and and others that have such a hand in the creativity of the things that we enjoy when we go to the parks. And I think that uh, the D23 Expo gives you that ability to walk up, hug them, thank them um, and, and hear their stories firsthand. I, I think that that's one of the things that I love most about the Expo. And I think, and, and, and Shannon and Luke, I want to hear from you too, but, you know, specifically, I think Marty is is a sad but a good example of sometimes you don't know, that might be the last right. time you get an opportunity to see them or hear from them. Or, like you said, you know, for us as fans, I think it's important to be able to go up, right, Nicholas, you wanted to go say thank you to Alex Hirsch for creating something. You want to say a thank you to Marty right. Sklar or a Bob Gurr for the things. And I love, look, before D23 began, these things didn't happen. We didn't know who a lot of these people were. This is one of the things that I loved about Expo and the Destination Ds is not only have they brought these longtime legends to the forefront, but even some of the newer Imagineers. And look, nobody knew who Kevin Rafferty was, right, until right. we started to be able to meet him at these things. So I think that you're right. Um, the, the Being able to to meet a lot of these people, thank all these people is uh, a big draw. I know for a lot of us who are fans, uh, Shannon and Luke, what about you guys? Yeah, I was, uh, I was actually able, I was with Nicholas and saw um, Marty speak on a panel about uh, Pirates of the Caribbean. And that was, that was really great. Um, he was definitely the star of uh, that panel, him and, and Tony Baxter both. Um, but yeah, we got to meet Bob Gurr, which was fantastic. Um, and I, I met Tony Baxter, which was great. Met Josh Gad real briefly. Um, but one of my favorite moments was uh, when Kevin Feige told uh, Nicholas and Marion that he loved their food reviews. <laughs> and their minds exploded. It was fantastic. Hashtag best <laughs> moment of my life. Yeah, it was. Nice. It was so cool to just hear the head of Marvel say, I love to hear you eat. <laughs> and and see that they're all, they're just regular people, right? They're, yeah. they're fans. Look, these guys are walking the floor, not because they're doing meet and greets, but because they want to see what's there and whether they are, you know, guys in the Disney creative or Disney design group or to your point, the head of Marvel Studios, you don't know who's going to be walking around places like the Collector's Forum. Yeah, like Lou Diamond Phillips was walking around the collectors forum, and they stopped at our booth for a while and was marveling at the uh, at the balloon sculpture sculptures, and it was really fun to to talk with him and his family. So you never know who's just kind of walking around and checking all the stuff out, and it's it's really cool. 
Shannon, Shannon yeah. was there a yeah. fangirl yeah. moment for you? Was there somebody that you wanted to see or got to see? I tend to be a little bit shy when I see people. So I happened to be walking behind Eric Goldberg and as the mouse grade winners were walking by and he was talking about how amazing their costumes were. So I couldn't quite get myself to come out of the shy and go up and talk to him. But it was really fun to hear him talk about how creative all these people were and how amazing this is. And he was just as in awe of everything on the show floor as we all were. And it's nice to see that. Yeah, you know, the, the people that we look at as Disney celebrities are almost there to see us as well. They want to see the different expressions of our fandom, and, and I'm sure we'll talk about a lot of the different, different ways, and more importantly, creative ways, they are expressed at places like Expo. Uh, so, Becky, for you, what is your what was one of your big takeaways this year? Well, that um, our every two-year test of our partnership <laughs> we went by with Flying again. Colors. We actually right. survived, which is awesome. It and was a moment honestly, worth celebrating. I think. And the fact that, that when the, at the very end when we broke down and the palette was the – our palette was the very first to break down, that just solidified that it was the best 20, <laughs> D23 ever. Last in, first um, out. Last in, first out. I will survive. One thing that I do – really enjoy too about expo on the floor is that we also get a chance to meet people that we only know online so all of the other fans that are there along with us you have uh, people from the nation and people um <clears throat> excuse me clients of ours that we only talk uh via email or via phone and you never get that chance to meet them in person here you have three straight days that you have people walking up and going, aren't you and aren't you? And you get to hug and say, hi, it's so great to actually put in a face to the name and to the voice. And um, I really enjoy that. I, I love uh, getting to know people and and seeing them in person and um, seeing and knowing that people are actually, you know, out there. <laughs> uh, so I'm actually going to piggyback and sort of go a little bit out of turn because that's exactly what for me is not just the biggest, most, but it's really the most important part, <clears throat> excuse me, of Expo. <clears throat> Sorry. It's the people. When I say the people, I don't just mean the celebrities, the panels, the signings, the parade they did this year, right? So, look, having Stan Lee and Mark Hamill, like, lead a parade around the Captain show floor Cook. is awesome. Um, there's the Cook. induction of all the uh, the new Disney Ignore legends. Um, but it really is the people on the floor it's the fans it's the cosplayers it's the way fans celebrate what and how they love with who they love their disney experience you know for me the most important part of what i do because i don't really get a chance to see most of the panels and, and go to a lot of things for being able to share the experience online via the three-day live broadcast to share that online and let those who couldn't be there virtually attend, that's what I want it to be, right? That, you know, in the past, we used to say, oh, we're going to broadcast from this time to this time. We didn't stop and start at all because the people who were this community that gathered in the box who were watching live, they asked to stay on so that they could chat together. And you that know, cool. if you've listened for 12 years or for 12 episodes, I've said since the very first episode of the show that it's beyond – 
this this relationship that we have online, it really is to be able to get together for a handshake and a hug. And this was a great example of that, right? How many people either we met walking around or came to the booth, we had the nation meet up and the photo that was there. For me, <laughs> it's the way that I can look you in the eye, shake your hand, give you a hug and say thank you. And I want to hear your story and for me, it's the people, the, the people who make the expo. And I don't just mean the show floor and the, the, the team at T23 that pulls this off every two years, but it's the attendees, it's the fans who are like us, and we all get to share this together. Um, oh, and, yeah. and I'm sorry, and, I didn't mean and, to interrupt. You know, I, and, No, I was, I was just going to say, I, I want to do a big shout out to the nation members too, because um, – they loved their little Lou heads, which was just amazing. And they did such a great job of keeping that a secret for two and a half days. Laugh <laughs> <laughs> it up, fuzzball. Revenge is a dish best served cold. Just remember that. Come on. You got you to admit that was a good one. And, and so many people were in on it. And you didn't have a clue. And it was a great moment. So thank you. <laughs> so for those of you who don't know. Take it easy. <laughs> Becky thought it would be funny to order like 8,000 little stress balls shaped like a fuzz. Like Don't stop it. And this is all I heard for two days. Relax. Calm down now. Don't stress. Take, Take it easy. So, listen, if that's how you get your thrills, then then so be it. But it was a nice gift for the nation, and you all had a it laugh at my expense. So It was fun. Um, so, you. so for sorry, Shannon and Luke, um, your your people related experience, whether it's a celebrity or just people on the floor, um, Shannon and Luke, what was that experience like for you? Well, I mentioned a little earlier that for me, it's just even striking up the conversations in the lines when you're standing next to all these people who are part of the same community. And I'm, I've got people now that I'm going to be keeping in touch with. And it's just, it's really special. Luke, what about for you? Yeah, yeah it's, uh, you know, you, you kind of, it's like you, you sort of suffer and you sweat with the people that you're with in line because sometimes the lines take hours. And, uh, you know, what I really sort of learned is that when you're going to be waiting in line, you need to be waiting with people who you, you know, who you love, who you genuinely want to be with. And I was lucky enough to have that, um, for the, the, you know, whole three days there. And, and we just, we had a great time. Um, but my sort of, I think my favorite part of the people experience were those cosplayers. They just, blew my mind how so you know people would just one up another person and i was like how long did that take you <laughs> they were incredible listen becky knows my love of the cosplayers has grown <laughs> over the years and so many of them and forgive me that i don't and i can't mention all of your names that came to the booth that came back to the booth that um talked about what they do as we were wandering around yeah, the- yeah. hold on though wait 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 because it used to be that you were like all about the princesses, right? I'm Any still, princess, listen, don't get me wrong. I'm still the, all about the but princesses. But you know what? No, 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 no. For three straight days, you would say, <laughs> oh, great princess. The moment the Spider-Man guy showed up with the hoodie, you were all over that poor guy. Like, how much do you want for that costume? I, I literally almost asked the guy if I could. Off. I was going to give him a WWE t-shirt and money uh, for clothes. And I wanted to buy it off of him. That's how good it was. <laughs> 
If you would have done it, you would have. I have never seen you so excited over a cosplayer. Even even the Navi that showed up that was, you know, half clothed. The the Spider-Man was the one that you were all over. Yeah, listen, and there was a number of different Spider-Men, yeah. Peter Parkers, who were awesome. I, I'm going to call out one person because I remember his name on Instagram is Lenses Factory HK. I mean, he had a hero version of the suit. He had like a screen version of the Spider-Man suit with blinking eyes and everything. I mean, it looks like he literally walked off the set of Spider-Man Homecoming. Wow. Well, such a great place to express how how much you love what you do and your creativity. It's fabulous, the work that they put in. Yeah, and if you think about it, um, even, Lou, four years ago when all this started, we saw just a lot of Disney, right? Mm-hmm. But now that there's been the Marvel acquisition and Star Wars, the mashups yeah. that we saw of, of the different Disney characters and a Marvel character thrown into one costume, the creativity is amazing. Yeah, there was Mary Poppins and Guardians of the Galaxy and Avatar yeah. and Marvel. Nicholas, what was what were the ones that you liked when you saw? So there was this one group of cosplayers that came to the booth, and it was a family of three. One of them was dressed up as Dipper from Gravity Falls. <laughs> the, right, the, right. His wife was dressed up as Mabel, and then their little kid was dressed up as the rainbow barfing gnome. It was so <laughs> cute. But that's it, like... Whether it's Marvel or Avatar or Mary Poppins or anything in between. Look, how about during the co- – look, and I love the fact that Disney now has a cosplay contest. Yeah. And it was the um, it was the, the girls from Moana who won, right? Tafiti and – Oh, my god, Taka and Tafiti and those costumes were amazing. Amazing. Crazy. It must have taken them, like, years. How about the decades. woman that built the dress – that had the Big Thunder oh. Mountain Railroad on it, and the train right. went all around and threw buildings on her dress. I wanted to ride it. <laughs> <laughs> that was great. I still want. I still want the Spider-Man costume. I mean, who's the person that sits there and goes, "Okay, I think I'm going to turn myself into you know Big Thunder," or uh, the creativity again of sitting down and trying to figure it out? It's, it is. It is absolutely brilliant. So, Luke, what was one of either the top at your list or the first thing that you thought of when you think about your takeaways? Well, listen, guys, I think we got to get into some announcements. So I'm going to say two words and leave it right there, and that is Star Wars. Why does that not Um, surprise me? Oh, my favorite, favorite (laughs) franchise. And, you know, Disney is really highlighting it. The the two things that we we saw were uh, the model of Star Wars Land, which I just was blown away and could have stood looking at that thing for hours upon end. Um, And then Star Wars Hotel. Uh, it is going to be the most incredible thing. Uh, the land cruise is kind of what we're calling it, I think. And uh, I, I cannot wait to immerse myself in that world. You just took one off my list um, there, Luke, because <clears throat> excuse me, the Star Wars Hotel is exciting as a Star Wars fan. However, as a travel professional where I help people find the perfect vacations – this concept, this 360 vacation concept where you're immersed in a land or in a world or in this case on a starship is just mind-blowing to me. Of it, it, it will start here, but then imagine what other IP or other people will take this. So vacationing is going to completely change if this is a, a, a beneficial um, and profitable 
and I have a feeling it will be. Um, <laughs> but the the thought of you, you're going on to a starship and when you take off for your one or two or three night package, whatever this is, and you look out the window and it's space. And hopefully you will be landing so you can go out into Star Wars land and come back on your ship. And who knows how this is going to work. But a lot of the rumor that we're hearing is you will become a citizen of the galaxy and you will have a story. And everybody in the hotel is going to have a story and you're going to be a part of the story and talk about immersion. I mean, uh, immersive is a, a word that's thrown around a lot in in Disney and uh, in other um theme park experiences but this is the first thing that i've ever seen that really is true to that definition i think this will be the most immersive thing that disney has ever built think about this droids walking around while like people of the starship like talk to you and it'll be like you're part of the world you're part of star wars you are star Look, this is what nine-year-old Lou Mangiello in 1977 always dreamt about. Beyond the Star yeah. Wars land, uh, Luke, which is incredibly impressive and that model is huge. It dwarfs the model that Pandora was that we saw two years ago. But what I think this hotel is going to be is revolutionary in terms mm-hmm. of the types of experiences that we're going to have. Because even more so... We've been sort of analogizing it to a cruise where you get on for a certain number of days and you and the other guests in this hotel are part of some sort of experiential voyage, whatever you want to call it. But I think it's going to be different in terms of they talk about dressing up in the proper attire, right? There's going to be characters that are going to be there, adventures and stories that you are not going to be watching and witnessing, but you are going to be part of is really going to be the major differentiator. And the fact that, and I'm quoting, that it's going to touch every single minute of your day and it'll culminate in a unique journey for every person who visits. This is going to be, I think, unlike anything we have seen before. And all the speculation that we have now is probably going to be wrong because they have something (laughs) planned unlike what we are imagining. And I think this is really going to be a game-changing move that nobody else has seemed to have done yet, but I think it's going to even be beyond what we get when we step on a cruise ship. This is a true disruptor. When they talk about disrupting an industry, I think that if this goes over the way that I anticipate and that I think we are all kind of anticipating it doing, that it could really be a disruptor to the vacation or travel industry. And I am so excited about that possibility of becoming someone else. It's almost like, all right, this will show my age, so be very careful, Lumangelo. It's almost like going back into the movies of like Westworld, where you chose your your vacation theme and then you were immersed in that land or in that place. And hopefully the the robots will actually, you know, not kill you, which would be great. But... um, it just has such great possibilities. And for it to start on the foot of something we all love so much in the Star Wars universe where we we have a feeling where we know some of the characters and where, where it might be going or how it might work, like you said, I think that there's so much we don't know. And when this does actually happen, our, our minds are going to be even farther blown. And look, I think that this is actually a concept that Disney had 
not last week, not last month, not a, I think this may go back to something that they were even thinking about back at Disney, well, at the time, was Disney MGM Studios. So if you go back about 450 episodes, I talked with Imagineer Tim Kirk about the Twilight Zone Tower of Terror. At one point, that was meant to be a real working hotel, and the idea was when you stepped off your plane at MCO, at, at the Orlando airport, you were picked up not by something called Magical Express, but you were going to be picked up in this 1920s sort of woody station wagon. When you stepped in that wagon, the windows had curtains on them. That's when your adventure wow. started. You were going to be taken over to this hotel. You're going to be a guest in the 1930s in a very, very deep, immersive experience. Obviously, that never happened. It became That's Tower so of cool. Terror. It became the attraction itself. But I think that is, to a certain degree, what they are doing with um, with the Star Wars Hotel is from the second you check in and you walk in those doors, you have left the blazing heat of Central Florida and you are literally, that that's going to be your portal to not just another land, but a completely different experience unlike anything we've seen in the parks before. It's going to yeah, be going right. to a different galaxy, galaxy's <laughs> edge. Dun, dun, dun. And all the things, I mean, think of all the things that they can do on board there between um, flight training or missions or, you know, the food. Think about the, school, all the food. food. Gosh. Oh, the cantina. Blue the cantina Blue. on board. Yes. Blue. Yeah. Uh, you know, you, you kind of touched on it, Becky, but uh, Star Wars is just such an incredibly loved franchise uh, around the world. And, you know, it, it's one of the only franchises that you can honestly say the possibilities are endless and there are so many things that we haven't even discovered about the star Wars universe that could be introduced that, you know, we could keep coming back and every single time you come back, it's going to be different. Yeah. I think this is the most, I think long-term this may be one of the most significant ones in terms of the long-term effect in terms of what this is going to do to not just Walt Disney World, but maybe the the industry as a whole. Um, but I think you're right, man. There's, there's a lot of Star Wars-themed goodness to be very, very excited about um, in Galaxy's Edge. Again, you see that model and just how much room it's going to take up on both coasts. We have a name. We have opening dates. Uh, there is that renewed sense of excitement in terms of this is one of the 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 keystone elements that people are really looking forward to coming to the parks. One of the moderators for a panel I was at about Imagineering said that the, all the Imagineers were backstage talking about just how much work they have after all these announcements. It was just <laughs> everything that they're going to be doing is so amazing. And they said they were a little overwhelmed with the amount of things that are coming up for their department. I think every time somebody says a date, an Imagineer like loses, you know, like there's an Imagineer cries every time they say a date that something is going to open. They're like, wait, what? What three ships we're having? What? Three twenty twenty one. All right, I'm sorry if I took somebody's off their list. Um, all right, yeah, thanks, bud. Sorry. So Nicholas, was there anything else? Another takeaway for you that was really significant beyond the things we've covered so far? Um, I'm going to keep it on Parks and Resorts. I really liked that they're going to introduce Guardians to Florida, taking away Ellen's energy adventure. Sadly, a classic has to go away. But I'm super happy because 
Guardians is already in California, and that's my favorite ride ever. It's a party and a ride. Becky, you know what I mean. You love that ride. <laughs> I know exactly what you mean. And I think it's going to be such a awesome ride that's going to utilize all the technology that may be going into Star Wars land. Like maybe like the Millennium Falcon ride, it'll be that you control the Milano and you have to work together as a team with your family or your friends to make sure that you don't get any end any mischief. <laughs> That's so cool. I love that they're using a, a property that they already have an attraction for, but they're doing something different. As someone who visits both coasts occasionally, I love having different things about the same properties. Mm-hmm. I agree. Look, I, I know this is one that will con- continue to have um, interesting discussion and debate, i.e., Maelstrom a number of years ago. But I think this is really significant, um, and I and I'll talk a little bit more about what I think this and some of the other things, um, are, the impact that something like this has. Right? I think that. Well, you know what? I'm going to piggyback on it now. Anyway, who cares? I think that <laughs> what Go this does is because this is something that was very very high on my list. Is I think this is really significant, especially for Epcot. Now, look, I'm a nostalgic. I love Epcot Center. I remember being there with my dad in 1982 and telling him it was my favorite park. He's like, what? And I'm like, I loved every part of it. But one thing Epcot isn't and potentially needs to be in this idea of always moving forward is potentially more kid-friendly and continuing to grow. And as Disney's third oldest park, it was, in many people's eyes, ready or possibly even overdue for an update. We heard back in November at Destination D, Bob Chapek said Epcot's going to be more more Disney, more timeless, more relevant, and more family-friendly. And I think when a Turk talks about things like relevance, I think he means relevant to a new generation of kids who maybe at first a long time felt that they were not necessarily being served at Epcot. Things like... Things like um, uh, Finding Nemo, Coming into the Living Seas, brought renewed life into an attraction and a pavilion that most guests didn't bother to make that sharp right turn necessarily to go to. Say what you will about Frozen. Frozen is an amazing guest satisfier. And when, when Frozen opened as now the most popular attraction in Epcot, right, it set, it, it, the message was clear. Epcot needs more relevant, possibly even character-themed attractions in order to bring children and families in there. So when you hear about the fossil fuel fun ride being changed over to Guardians of the Galaxy, it may not make sense for those people who are like, well, wait a minute. What about the vision of Epcot and Walt's vision of Epcot? That has changed. It has continued to evolve. But I will say that I think they still, Disney is aware and sensitive and they're fans first. One of the things I loved about the announcement of Guardians coming to Epcot was that when Bob Chapek said that the attraction is going to have something to do with Peter Quill's visit to the park when he was a child and they show the picture of him in front of Spaceship (laughs) Earth with the old three, uh, the, the prism statue up in the front. I love that nod to the nostalgia that is real and and imagineered. Um, It may not necessarily make sense on paper when you just see Guardians and Epcot now, but I think it's going to show 
um, a, a, a shift in what this park is going to be. And I think at the end of the day, it's going to make the park, it's going to bring renewed attention and popularity to the park that I think, fortunately or unfortunately, needed a little bit of love. I well, the silence, think the silence was deafening. Also, but... yeah. Oh, yeah. Do you think Peter Quill also uh, visited Magic Kingdom while he was there? <sighs> you wouldn't just go to one park, I would. Right? I will only <laughs> say this. I will only say this. And I don't want to... And I don't want to tip, but I'm going to tip to one of the other things that I'm that I'll talk about later. Um, <laughs> I Do all it. I will say is this: the announcements that you heard at parks and resorts, I do not. I in my heart of hearts do not believe they are an absolutely finite or complete list of some of the other changes that are going to continue to come to the parks over the next three, five, seven, ten years, without question. Fix the Imagination Pavilion, please. Interesting that he used the word fix. Okay, yeah. so um, I, I didn't mean to interrupt. I, I think, Luke, you started to say something. Oh, oh no, I just wondered if, if Peter Quill also visited the Magic Kingdom. I'm sure he did, though. Um, those were the only two around at that time, so I'm sure. I wonder where he ate. Where did Peter Quill eat? <laughs> oh, jeez. Um, oh, he got some pot roast mac and cheese. <laughs> demise of the, uh, of he, the Peter Quill mac and loves cheese. sandwiches. He loved the old sandwiches. So, um, <laughs> all right, let's go. Oh, you know what? I don't think I did mine yet. Did I? No. 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 Well, then fine. You know what? I'll just, I'll, I'll, I'll piggyback then on the parks and resorts, um, specifically Epcot. We got additional announcements as well. Ratatouille is coming to um, to France. France. Uh, there's a new high-tech seamless screen film in China. There's a Mission Space restaurant that's going to be coming. Uh, again, I know nothing, but I think that more changes will be revealed, possibly even announced around October 1st, which is going to be, again, a big anniversary this year. I anticipate more changes coming to places like Interventions, Journey into Imagination, other pavilions, plural, in Future World and World Showcase. Um, I think that over at Mission Space, the two significant things, one of them is opening just in a couple of weeks, is that Mission Space Green is going to have an all-new adventure, specifically touted as one for younger guests to enjoy. I think that goes to the point I was trying to make earlier, which is Disney realizes that not every attraction is completely attractive or friendly to all guests, whether it's via age, whether it's due to the type of attraction. I think the fact that they want to make it uh, the green side, not just less intense, but I think it'll also probably allow guests that are smaller than 44 inches. Maybe that height restriction will go away. Um, I, I don't know if the, the ride system is going to change at all in terms of what the um, the spinning and the rotating, what it's going to be, if it's going to be there at all. But I think the fact that now all of a sudden it's not just a height requirement, it's a motion requirement, a motion sensitivity, that it will become more attractive and more accessible to um, to all guests as well. Um, and again, yeah, I, or even those that that can't. Uh, it's not just the smaller guests; it's those who maybe have a little bit of an aversion, like me, to two point five Gs right. on the regular <laughs> mission space. I think it's um, it's a really good idea for them to look back and and know that some of us who have 
been on it and can't quite tolerate it, um, finding a new way to experience it so that everybody can, will keep coming back to Mission Space. Right. And, I and, I, great. and look, I would not necessarily be surprised if the seat system, the restraint system, all those things might have changes so that more guests will be able to enjoy it. And like, let's go back to Walt, that families can do it together. Right. You don't you hate always seeing all these kids outside of mission space or people who are, have sensitivities outside of mission space. You want to make it as attractive to as many people as possible. This way, when you're done riding, you can go right ne- next door to the mission space restaurant that is going to open. Now you're speaking my language. These are some of the things that yeah. I really get excited. It's your favorite, Dad. Right. It's food <laughs> and space. But I think the mission space restaurant, again, is going to be. A shift because it is a little bit of an attraction, right? They're going to make you feel as though you are traveling into space for a dining experience in the stars. So instead of windows, you're going to have screens on the wall. You'll be looking out over planet Earth in what I assume will be a building built in between uh, Mission Space and Test Track because there's a lot of space right there. Uh, again, your dining experiences are becoming just that. It's not just a place to go and eat and move on. It The dining experiences become attractions in and of themselves. What if instead of it going between Epcot, I mean, Test Track and Mission Space, it might take up Wonders of Life? Maybe? No, I think it's going to go. Wonders of Life, I think, is going to stay. There's a lot of room in between those two, I think there are other plans, which we'll maybe touch on later, for Wonders of Life. But um, for you guys, you know, when you see things like a restaurant like this, it's not just another restaurant in name. It's a restaurant that's going to be a different type of experience. Does anybody else get as excited as I do, or am I just completely obsessed with food? It's space food, not just regular well, food. You obsessed with food? Really? Shocker. I know. Have you met you? <laughs> Yeah, I mean, besides there being more food, I just think it's a really cool concept, you yeah. know, to, to kind of tie in the whole space era and the, that area over there in Epcot. Uh, it definitely needs some love, and I'm super excited to try some space food. Those immersive uh, restaurants are just the best, I, I mean, just for the experience, so I really look forward to it as well. Yeah, and like I said, I think the, the Mission Space announcements do two things, right? We have this different type of dining experience. I think we now have... Another kid-friendly attraction in Epcot without it necessarily being, for lack of a better term, a kiddie ride, right? Instead of something like that you would see in like a Bugs Land, specifically made for young guests, it's another attraction that guests can ride together. And again, I don't think the announcements for Epcot are finished yet. If you look at the concept art that they showed during the presentation it looks and feels a lot like that 1982 concept art. And I think it was it's intentionally vague, if you look at it closely, in some places, like Interventions, which is noticeably absent from that concept art. I think Imagination Pavilion is going to get um, an update and some love. I think if you like Illuminations, you might want to go and see it. I'm just saying. And I think <coughs> excuse me, that World Showcase is going to be expanded on beyond a single pavilion. I know some people were expecting an announcement. I would expect that to possibly come um, this October. But I think that what we that my takeaway is that Epcot 
is not only sort of still nodding to the nostalgic, but it's going to become more kid-friendly, it's going to become more interactive, and it's going to become more attractive via the IP that they're using um, to bring additional guests in. So, all right, let's keep moving down the uh, list. I think Shannon? All right. Um, well, I'll take it to animation. And I am very excited to see Wreck-It Ralph 2 after I saw the clip in the animation panel. It was absolutely hilarious. I'm I'm so thrilled to see it. And I love that they were playing on all of the fandoms and all of the, the different um, Disney communities out there and what we really love. And they're working it into the movie. And I just think that's great that they're giving us that little nod there. So one thing specifically for those guests who weren't there, who may not have seen the announcement, people came running to the booth, like sweat pouring down their faces, like, OMG, we just saw the panel about Wreck-It Ralph breaking the internet. The thing that they were excited about most was it not just brings in the characters who were in the original Wreck-It Ralph, but Disney brought out, not just on screen, but on stage, all of the Disney princesses who are going to come together for the first time in a film. So if I'm correct, um, Kristen Bell, who's Anna from Frozen, uh, Jodie Benson was there, uh, Auli Cravalho from Moana, Paige O'Hara was there, and I think there was a couple of others. But right, was that sort of the, the big surprise and the big takeaway from that panel were seeing the princesses come out as well? Oh, yeah. Jodie Benson, Paige O'Hara, Linda Larkin, um, Irene, and I forgot her last name, but Pocahontas, uh, Kika Nani Rose, Mandy Moore, Kelly McDonald, Kristen Bell, Sarah Silverman, and um, the young Adele. lady from Moana, whose name I'm going to butcher. Uh, and Adele Dazim. Uh, Adele Dazim is going to be there, too. Um, I don't think she was out on the stage there, but all those other people were out on stage and it, the scene was amazing. It was so funny and so fabulous. And it really took the princesses to a different place that none of them really go to in their movie as slightly more modern, slightly different, uh, personality that we get to see or a different side of their personality we get to see. And it was just, it was great. And I wasn't in there, but. Uh, did they also either show a clip from or say that we were going to see not just a, a, a um, to sort of use the cosplayers and these sort of mashups of Disney princesses, but we're going to see Princess Leia and C-3PO from Star Wars and Gamora and Iron Man from Marvel Comics. So they're really is good. They're, they're going to be bringing in all of the players and properties into this film, as, which makes perfect sense. Like this is the film yeah. to do it. Yeah, I Ralph goes into the internet with Vanellope and they basically find themselves in the place where all Disney, all different properties of Disney go to their happy place and they converge. Wow. C-3PO <laughs> has found himself a new job that perhaps he wasn't quite prepared for and a bunch of other things that I think are just going to be really great. It, and what we saw a scene and it was kind of, it was one um, that it was partly animated, partly pencil test. So we got to see a fairly sizable chunk and it just everyone who was sitting around me we walked away going we cannot wait to see this film i just hope that ralph has safe search put on when he gets onto the internet because it's it's a scary <laughs> place <laughs> otherwise <laughs> that's for sure well they did let us know that ralph and vanelpi find themselves a tour guide so i think the tour guide's going to keep them out of some trouble <laughs> 
Okay, Becky, what is your next takeaway from Expo 17? Oh, wow. All right. So it kind of ties into what some of the stuff we've already talked about. But one of the things, and it might just be that there was so much, but at that parks panel, at the parks and resorts panel, there was so much information. And, you know, we've, we've been, this is our the fifth one, right, that we've, we've been at. I don't remember hearing Disney be so open about their plans. Maybe it's this this year. There's just so much stuff to talk about, but I've never seen them be so open and so detailed about what's possibly coming. So it's like you get an attraction and you get an attraction and you get an attraction. It, it kind of felt like that Oprah moment. Um, but as you said, too, they were really great about kind of teasing some other things so that we know, even though we got all of this great information of things that are coming that get are going to get us so excited – that there's a whole bunch still coming. Like, remember the moment at the end where baby Groot was talking to him about Marvel coming to or expanding their presence at Disney California Adventure. And, of course, all he can say is, I am Groot. I am Groot. And so we didn't actually hear the detail, which was a brilliant way of telling that story. So a couple of things that did come from that, though, and I'm going to just – go between them because I know that there's again tons but between being so impressed of them being so open about the detail but yet never hearing one little shadow or iota of any detail being leaked about a seventh ship yeah that was mm. amazing to me didn't even know about it didn't hear whispers about it didn't even think that it was a possibility when they put the ships up on the um, on the screen I thought that they were going to announce the names uh, but, of course, we didn't get that. We got the fact that we're going to get new ships in 2021, 22, and 23, which was out of this world. And then the other thing from Parks and Resorts that blew my mind was seeing that they're also really reaching out and doing something with and expanding uh, things happening at Disneyland Paris with the Disney's Hotel New York Art of Marvel and knowing that um, that building's already there, the hotel's already built, we don't have to wait for years for that one. They didn't announce when it was going to happen, but I don't think it's going to be too far in the future, which then, of course, made my brain start spinning about when we need to start <clears throat> thinking about going to Disneyland Paris. Um, because We've been thinking about idea. it. Now we just have to go do it. Can I yeah, come well, too? Yeah, no, there's, there's the great ex- <laughs> uh, that's the great ex- excuse. But, I mean, out of the takeaway for me, again, was that, Disney is really investing in its future and in the things that we're going to do. And they're they're not just, you know, throwing up rides here or there. They're really thinking about the story and how it's going to impact us and and then giving us enough detail to get us excited about things happening in 2023. <laughs> but yet holding back enough to know that, like you said, in the next one year, three years, five years, ten, there's so much more going to be there for us. Yeah, I mean, I was sort of able to, as I was writing them down, I was like, oh, I can sort of enumerate 23 announcements from D23 Expo, specifically at Parks and Resorts. Whether it was deliberate or not, I don't know. I also think there's more coming as well. But I think that you're right, Becky, in terms of the the investment, both financial and otherwise, into not just the short-term but the long-term future and getting guests excited now for not just return trips later on this year but planning ahead for two, three, four, five <laughs> years down the road. 
And you know what's awesome is it really helps us out, too, because now we have plans for 2021, 22, and 23 <laughs> without spending seven hours on the phone trying to figure it out. So thank you, Disney. <laughs> we appreciate that. Yeah, the um, the announcement of the third ship came out. Of, there was, I think, a lot of things that uh, came out of left field. We'll probably hit on a couple of them um, as well. All right, Luke, what, what for you? What was your next big takeaway? Uh, I think for me, it was the, the fact that um, D23 was not only just like a, a visceral, you know, you could you could see everything, but th there were a, there was a lot of emotion uh, that week. And, you know, I'm not even going to get me started about green balloons. Um, <laughs> but uh, oh, I got man, to, you had see, to go there. I know. I'm sorry. But oh, it was so great. Um, <laughs> but uh, on Sunday, I was able to go see the uh, Alan Menken uh, concert. And um, I'll tell you what, it just was, it was a dream come true. It was, you know, the guy who wrote so much of my childhood and able to, to hear him tell his story from beginning to end while sitting at a piano and, and singing those songs that, you know, I, I grew up, you know, Little Mermaid and Beauty and the Beast and Newsies and Hercules. It just, it was so emotional and so um, just a, a very, very special moment. And that, I think, uh, Luke, is one of the things that they've done so well in the past number of years, whether it's the Sherman concert, the Sherman Mankin concert that went for like seven hours <laughs> the last time. The fact that they are able to not only bring these people out to talk with us, but to perform for us in what feels like an extension of just a big living room type of environment as opposed to a concert hall, I think is what I consider to be almost a gift from Disney and D23 to the fans. Yeah, and you could tell that he was he was so in tune with with I see what, what you he did was there. saying. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, pun totally intended. Um, but you know, his, his uh, partnership with Howard Ashman and just the way that he told the stories about Howard and the the songs and the lyrics that they wrote together was it was just phenomenal. And it, it's one of those things that'll stay with me for a, a very long time. Nicholas, what about for you? What's a, what was a take, another takeaway for you? So I'm going to probably stay on parks and resorts. So nobody's expecting this, but I'm very excited for it. Pixar Pier. Pixar wow. Pier. So coming to Disneyland. So it's not about what's coming to Disney World. Yeah. Disneyland obviously getting some love on their side as well with it's 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 a Pixarization to a certain degree of California Adventure, where instead of Paradise Pier, it becomes Pixar Pier. Pixar Fest is going in. We're only waiting to hear when the Paradise Pier Hotel becomes the Pixar Pier Hotel. But I think you're right, Nicholas. I think it's a it's an important shift and a change in terms of again attractors coming to that park, which, admittedly, when it from the time it first opened, had a bit of an identity crisis. Um, I, I think Pixar taking over that section and obviously probably a retheming, if not a, an, an adding of additional attractions there is going to very much be um, a, an attractor for new and younger guests as well. I think that I remember when I watched the video on California Adventure and Michael Eisner wanted to appeal to adults and teenagers. So he made this like being off California and it didn't have that good of a start. So I think they're trying to do more Disney into it and add more family friendly and because 
honestly, no kid would want to go down like that shopping area, that food <laughs> shopping area down there. They would want to go to Pixar Pier. They would want to go to Star Wars Land. Right, they're gonna want to go to to the Pixar Pier theater. Look, who's not gonna want to buy something from from Bing Bong's confectionery? I want to <laughs> like buy Bing Bong and just eat him because he's made a cotton Bing, Bing candy. Bing Bong cotton candy. It just makes complete, <laughs> although I'd feel so bad eating Bing Bong man oh. rest in peace. Uh, but for you guys, what do you guys think about that? About, again, Disneyland getting some love as well with um, with Pixar coming to that side of the parks. I'm excited about that possibility because, again, that's like the corner of the park that – you know, if you you can kind of find that in any if you have a local carnival or or things that come to town, it's kind of had that representation. But more so than anything, I I love the thought of the overlay and bringing it into Pixar. But you had already touched on it. I'm more excited about whatever they make the announcement about what they're going to do with Paradise Pier Hotel. Yeah. Because if it's going to be Paradise Pier over here and Pixar Pier over here, that doesn't make sense. And that hotel really is in need of some love. Um, and the things that they can do with a Pixar theme in a hotel, if they choose to go that direction, there's a lot of possibilities there. And I think it'll, you know, obviously having all those different characters and stories to draw off of in ways that maybe wouldn't fit for an attraction, but you can bring into the pier into a themed hotel. Uh, I think it's going to renew interest and love in some of, look, you're going to probably lose Bugs Land but there may be another home for the bugs somewhere else on Paradise Pier. So And the food. Oy. Think about the food that they could bring into food, Pixar. Glorious yeah. food. Whew. I'm schwitzing. All right. I'm also Frozone's really, really excited drinks. about Yeah. That Ooh, one's for like you, Ooh, Becky. Hold on. I heard drinks. Yeah. What? Yes. He just said that one's for you, Becky. My my kid knows you. I love you, Nicholas. Thank I love you. you. She doesn't really, but okay. Um, I'm sorry, oh. Luke, what were you saying? Hey, Cars Land Halloween is something that I oh, can't yeah. wait to, to see. That concept art look awesome. Very true. But yeah, I look, it, you know, we say it all the time. It's a great time to be a Disney fan. It's a great time to be uh, a theme park fan. Uh, I'm going to quickly jump into mine. Um, my big takeaway, this is nine-year-old again, Lou Mangello coming out. It comes down to one word. Marvel. The Infinity War trailer is oh, one that I did not get to see. Um, it is one that it it seemed as though that was the thing people were talking about like all day, all weekend, right? So we got, you know, views into things like Ragnarok and, and Black Panther, and, but it was, <coughs> excuse me, Infinity War when... Kevin Feige comes out and Robert Downey Jr. and Hemsworth and Josh Brolin, who's Thanos, Mark Ruffalo, Chadwick Boseman. I mean, all so many. I mean, it was star after star after star after star. The Avengers Army. Right. But what we got to see, and Nicholas, you know, you're a comic book fan, was we got to see all of the different parts of this Marvel Cinematic Universe coming together. The Guardians rescue Thor, who crashes into the mono windshield. Uh, Loki is there, Spider-Man oh, is there, uh, Captain America is going to be there, Black Panther. I mean, it's all these these things are coming together in this film, which is going to debut uh, on May 4th, 2018. We have that to look forward to. But I think what we also get from Marvel, and I'm ex- this did not get as much maybe noticed, I am super excited for things like Marvel Spider-Man, a new animated uh, 
TV show is coming to Disney XD this August. Big Hero 6, the series, also debuts. Um, I'm, I th- I'm not exactly sure. I know it's in the fall. They've already renewed it for a second season, even though the first season hasn't even aired yet. But I think, too, when you think Marvel and we start talking about California ad- Adventure, we know that Marvel is going to have a much bigger presence in that park. And, and now a lot of details weren't necessarily uh, doled out, but we can start to sort of um, put some pieces of the puzzle together and, and connect some dots. We all loved Guardians of the Galaxy. We all took a giant awkward selfie in front of the giant Avengers um, uh, hatch. hatch that is on <laughs> the the Pixar place side. So you can start to sort of do a little bit of the math in terms of what is going to be happening there. But we are going to see a Marvel presence domestically, right? We're already seeing it overseas. We're going to see a Marvel presence in the parks domestically, which I think is going to begin to usher in a wave of Marvel coming to the parks. Look, when I heard that a Spider-Man attraction was coming to Disney California Adventure, I literally thought about moving to California because of how big of a Spider-Man fan I am. (laughs) For you guys, too, tell me your thoughts on the Marvel announcements, whether it's from the film side, the animation side, and or the theme park side. So the Infinity War trailer got leaked, and I just have to say, I think this movie will be the ultimate Marvel Cinematic Universe movie. I'm googling it right now. <laughs> don't, don't Google it. No, no, don't do it. Don't do it because do it, Becky. You need to. Don't it's do for it your because own good. one, because it's leaked and it's illegal, and a, a giant woman's head is in the way. And two, not that I saw it or anything, but look, Guardians of the Galaxy Mission Breakout. Uh, and let's let's talk about that for a second because I think we all experienced it for the first time. It's Guardians a party and a ride. Right, it's a party exactly. and a ride. But remember yeah. when, Incredible. like the same way, and I still have screenshots of all the people who swore when they announced Pandora was coming to Animal Kingdom that they were not going to step foot in that park ever again. You know who you are. I have your tweets and are like, oh my God, Pandora is the best <laughs> thing ever. The same thing happened when they said they were going to close Tower of Terror. Why would you bring Guardians of the Galaxy Mission Breakout in there? Why? Because it's the highest rated attraction at a, at Disney California Adventure in less than two months. The lines don't lie. The results don't lie. The pictures and the, the, the reactions of the people coming off the attraction don't lie. Luke, I, I wrote it with you. Shannon, I don't know if you had a chance to write it. Everybody comes off singing and dancing and smiling and turning right around and getting right back on that line again. Yeah. You know yeah, the it, Marvel it's... presence there is going to be fantastic just by the amount of Groot bread selfies you see all <laughs> over. Like, it's it's going to be great. And the, the interaction between the, the uh, all, all the characters is great. We we stood in line to uh, to meet Groot, and while we were waiting in line, uh, we had Thor come up and get in line what? with us because he wanted to meet the tree man. It was <laughs> it was hilarious. Yeah, Becky, you missed it. Where it was, was I? Where you, was I? You were talking to Rocket. And I yeah, was so. watching the Star-Lord and Gamora dance-off right out in front, which was <laughs> so fun. Bring in kids, bring adults up. Like, there's a new energy in that park 
that admittedly it did not have before. Now knowing that Spider-Man and the Avengers are going to be in this, again, very new, I believe, like we're talking about now, <coughs> excuse me, I apologize, a very immersive universe that's going to exist at that park, man, I think California Adventure and we as Disney Marvel fans are in for a big surprise that they didn't they didn't give us any details, but I just have a feeling that DCA is going to be the park to be in. All right, I want all of you to imagine this. I am Groot. Just kidding. Um, (laughs) I want you all to imagine walking right behind Guardians and walking into S.H.I.E.L.D. headquarters and Spider-Man will be walking around. Iron Man (sighs) will be flying around. There'll be a nice little show with him and the Avengers. You'll be able to go on a Spider-Man ride. There'll be a... I mean, look, Luke, you were with us. Could you imagine... Wait a minute. I, I'm just going to go back and, and tie that together. Can you imagine if the Star Wars Hotel works out really well? You could actually go to the Shield training. Stop it for a few just days. Stop. Oh my God! You must want something from me because you're you're hitting all the right Lumangelo buttons when you say things like that. <laughs> could, could you imagine like signing up for three nights and staying in a in the in the bunk? That you have to go for to train I to be knew, an Avenger. Becky, I knew oh, that my Spider-Man underoos were going to pay off one day. And I think that's <laughs> probably more information than you needed. All right. But right, look, how Definitely. much fun did we have taking pictures with Spider-Man? And Luke, I, you had a lot of fun taking pictures with Black Widow. Um, oh, Black Widow. <laughs> Thor. That was Dude, fun. Thor. But it was. Look, there's a, there's a lot of fun that I think we keep talking about when it comes to that park especially that section of the park, which is probably not how it was described in the past. I think Guardians is the first very significant, very important, uh, very deliberate step down that path to bringing a fun and excitement over to Disney California Adventure. Bringing more Disney and more Marvel Absolutely. to California Adventure. All right, uh, we are probably beyond 10. I don't know. I don't care. It doesn't matter. Uh, I don't know who is next, but maybe we sort of we can start to hit our last few takeaways from Expo 17. So uh, I don't know. Does anybody know what who? I think you were next. I think it was you. Or was that your? And then it goes back to Shannon. Um, yeah, I think it was Shannon. I think I think that was mine. I just did the Marvel one. So I think Shannon, okay. it's back to you. Well, I guess the last thing for me was um, the archives always sets up an exhibit, and that's just so fantastic to be able to see the things that they have in the vaults, and they bring it out for us to be able to see. And when I heard it was going to be pirates, I figured we'd be Johnny Depp the whole time. And after walking through there, I... It, it struck me just how much and how deep that collection goes that there were so many things beyond just those Pirates movies that they had on display. It, it's so wonderful to be able to see that. To your point, Shannon, I, I agree. But the thing that I loved about this one, and, and specifically because we had a chance to meet some of the people who were involved, was this was not just the archives display of what they have in terms of pirate memorabilia and pirate nostalgia. They had a contest, and forgive me, I don't know exactly what it was called, but it was basically an art contest where fans themselves could create Pirates of the Caribbean-themed art in a variety of different mediums, and, and they had those on display, some of the winners there. They were beautiful and brilliant and creative. We actually met one of the artists who came over to the booth um, 
his name is Adam. It's actually Zhen Xiao Lu, and forgive me that Adam that I just butchered your name, but he was one of the winners, and his winning piece of art was a single sheet of paper. You guys remember this that he cut out oh, into yeah. that it's incredible that shape it of was pirates. Beautiful. And actually, if you stood stood back and looked at it, it was the outline of Sleeping Beauty Castle in Disneyland. If you want yeah. to see who he is, I'm gonna his. If you, it's on Facebook and uh, Instagram. It's Adam Paper Cuts. I'll, I'll link to it in the show notes. Like so smart, so beautiful. So and again, that's his e- expression of his fandom by being able to not only do it online or in his studio or at his house, but being able to share it. And more importantly, Disney and D23 recognizing it and giving these people an opportunity to share it on a much grander stage. I applaud the artists. More importantly, I really applaud Disney for doing it, not just showcasing what they do internally, but letting us as fans um, uh, share and exhibit sort of on that stage as well. That was amazing. Just looking at that thing up close, you make one tiny little miscut and that thing's gone. Yeah, it's one piece of paper. Yeah, yeah it, it, he, he did blowing. one continuous cut that was like over 24 yeah. hours, right? Yeah. <laughs> that's patience. And that's patience I definitely don't have. So he, um, hats off, man. That's he amazing. gave me a copy of it. I'll try and take a, a picture of it and um, and post it in the show notes before I frame it and put it up on my wall. because And he's like the nicest guy in the world, too, right? Just yeah. a, a really, he was really good guy. Nice. Really, really he good was. guy. Really nice guy. So, um, All right, Becky, next. Yeah, I'm going to go back to uh, to Disney World for a second since we've already covered my home park. Um, just two side mentions, and you can take it and run with it. But I have, I'm, I'm going. Work with me, go with me here. We haven't mentioned anything about Toy Story Land getting a date in 2018. Which, duh, who knew that that was going to be so close in? You didn't say the word Tron yet, so I'm going to let you take that and run with it. <laughs> but on the Tron, um, uh, on the Tron train, in a way. I was really going back again to parks and resorts and thinking about not only are they looking at attractions and the things that are going to bring us in and the Star Wars Hotel and the 360 vacation concepts and all of that, but they're also thinking about transportation. So we heard about the new minivans, tongue-in-cheek, cute little vans running around. So Disney's answer to Uber in a way on property, which uh, we've already seen um, in testing and people are posting about it and people are loving it. But then also we did get um, that eye-opening, yes, the Skyliner is real. So the buckets are back and they're coming to Walt Disney World and everyone's still wondering if there is air conditioning or not in them. But uh, I think that it's kind of neat that you're going to get another option of transportation around Walt Disney World uh, or another couple of options for you if you want to take the Skyliner from the um, from the resorts that's going to link together, including the new one, which is the Riviera Resort, uh, all the way to International Gateway and to Hollywood Studios, which, again, they're, they're really thinking um, out of the box in some of these areas or taking current concepts that others did disrupting industries uh, like Uber and bringing it into their fold and putting the Disney mark on it. Um, I, I'm just really impressed why, by the way that they're thinking about uh, all the ways that we can experience the parks and the resort area as a whole besides just an attraction. Yeah, the, I think the, the takeaway, Becky, is that you're right. The, they are really concerned and focusing on the overall experience, not just 
your experience when you step foot into a park, but really right. when you step foot onto property, and more importantly, giving you more reasons not to just come and come back, but to stay on property as well. Look, right. I think the gondola system is almost more of an attraction than it is a transportation system because it is a callback to the Skyway bucket, but they're going to be themed with Disney characters and hitchhiking ghosts and things like that. But it's also going to connect art of animation and pop and Caribbean beach with Hollywood studios and the international gateway over at Epcot. So I think that does yeah. a lot. Uh, I saw one of the minivans. I sat in one of the minivans the other day. I met um, Scott, who was one of the drivers. And that, too, beyond it being the quote-unquote you know, Disney version of Uber, there is a, a, a Disneyfication of that experience in terms of these guys are not just going to be mm-hmm. drivers, but they are going to make it a conversational, interactive type of experience. They are going to add a Disney touch to that, if you will. Um, and look, $20 to get you not just from resort to resort or Disney Spring. The fact that these drivers will be able to drop you off at a designated location right in front of Magic Kingdom, right in yeah. front of places like Epcot, that alone for a lot of people is going to be worth the $20 anywhere on property fee. Yeah, and and you think about, uh, I, I love one of your points that you just made too about once you get on property, Disneyfying it, or uh, if that's a word, where you know many of us write the monorail as an attraction. It's like it's a way to experience another thing in Walt Disney World, and I think the the Skyliner is going to do the same thing there. Where it might not be the most the fastest or most effective way to get from here to there, but it's a great other experience that you'll never have anywhere else. So again, it's just another addition, another plus up, another. Um, uh, piece of the vacation that you can only find at Disney, stay on property, enjoy that experience and have those memories with your family of all of you in a sky bucket, you know? Absolutely. And I think and to, to your, you know, you quickly sort of glossed over the Riviera Resort, something else nobody heard. I had yeah. never heard that word Riviera Resort coming. It's the 15th Disney Vacation Club property. Obviously, it's going to be available for everybody to book as well. Um, where the location is, it, it's, you know, we sort of have an idea that it's going to be yeah. in between Hollywood Studios and Epcot. So I think from that rooftop dining experience that you're going to have, you're going to be able to watch fireworks in two different directions. Yeah, there's so many opportunities with this resort because it, we're hearing, of course, it's going to be more to the luxury side and that they're going to have that opportunity to view fireworks from both sides and, and the Skyliner is going to take you to that resort as well. Again, another way to experience being at Walt Disney World. Yep. So, Luke, what about for you? Any other takeaways? Yeah, uh, besides the fact that we're, we're losing the great movie ride to make way for Mickey's Runaway Railway, um, which I'm really excited about, uh, the other attraction that uh, Magic Kingdom is actually getting, um, besides the Tron coasters, is uh, this theater that they talked about, um, which is really interesting. Uh, in talking with Lauren Gaggioli, um, you know, Walt Disney World does not have a theater with fly space that you need to put on major productions. Um, and it just, it's kind of amazing. Uh, I went and was lucky enough to see Frozen Live at the Hyperion. Um, and, you know, it had me in tears just how great it is. I, I am a bona fide uh, theater nerd. So 
Um, it's going to be great to have a space like that to workshop these these Broadway style shows, uh, and right in the Magic Kingdom too. Right when you know you walk in, and you'll be able to you know experience these Broadway style uh, high class acts um, anytime when you're in the Magic Kingdom now. And I think you're right. I think it may not have been sort of the you know the, the sexiest announcement, but I think that you're right that it's significant because when you do have places like California Adventure that has Broadway-style productions like Aladdin, like Frozen, you now have a place for a larger-scale show, which, to be clear, is not on Main Street. I think it was very deliberate that it was off Main Street. And if you look at that concept art, that show building is going to expand not just up, but back a lot farther. And I think that that is significant because that's going to open up a backstage area, almost possibly like an additional little side street like West Center Street like we have currently um, almost to, you know, it made me think of like Edison Square, which was thought about for Disneyland. I also think it's going to help with crowd flow now that that space is open, especially with what I think is going to be an increase in guest attendance, especially like at night due to some of the new nighttime shows, which we haven't even talked about. Um, Is Tony's going away? I don't know. But what I think this also does as a whole This theater, I believe, and this was not announced, I think because it opens up that backstage area which connects to Tomorrowland, I think this means that eventually we're going to get a new attraction in Tomorrowland where the old Galaxy Palace uh, currently sits because right now that's covered up. It's a Buzz Lightyear meet and greet. And I think to that point, what I've been saying for a long time is I think that Tomorrowland is the next land that's ripe for an update. And I think we're not going to get just a single new attraction with the Tron coasters. I think this is going to usher in an ongoing change and upgrade to the land. And to that point, despite rumors to the contrary, the Speedway is still staying. But I think what's going to happen as a result of the Tron coaster going in, taking a quick look at the concept art, I believe that the track layout is going to change again, as it has many times over the past 40 years. But I also think it's going to get a new theme and possibly, hopefully, new vehicles, maybe a possible renewable energy source like electric vehicles. Uh, but I think that side of the park, both in, Ma- in Main Street and Tomorrowland, is going to change, get updated, get upgraded. And I think as a whole... What this means is that the Magic Kingdom is not losing any attractions. They're, they're increasing the number of attractions, and I think more importantly, they're finding new ways and new places to continue to grow that park. And that's one of the things that, to me, that theater sort of represents in terms of the continuing growth and expansion of Magic Kingdom. Yeah, and that's the the definite benefit of having space too. That's you know the difference between California and, and Walt Disney World having so much area that you can sp- expand into. That's really beneficial. Nicholas, what's your your last takeaway from Expo this year? All right, there's too many to choose from. I don't know. So pull a Lou <laughs> exactly, Marcello and and, and mention them out loud as you get to your last one. All right, so I think. Uh, said all of my takeaways. Hey, give your dad some oxygen. Pick one. Go ahead. Uh, Pick one. What's one of the, the one that's most significant to you? I think for you, the thing that probably got you the, the most excited was 
was what? What was the one thing that you look, as you look back on Expo, was the most significant, the most important, or the thing that you're looking, out of all the things on your list, the thing that you're looking forward to most, even if it's something that you mentioned already? Um, probably, I know we didn't talk about the Mickey Mini Runaway Railway a lot, so I'm really excited for that ride. It's going to be a very fun ride, and it's going to be turning Hollywood Studios to more kid-friendly, even though it already is. And I think that it's it's going to be like a nice fun dark ride for kids and like and it's going to be a completely new exper- ride experience like you go into the cartoon literally well and i think nick the one thing that that we'd never realized about that was that until now there has never been a mickey mouse themed attraction in any of the the parks resorts other than place you know mickey mouse review and mickey's philharmonic magic but I think the takeaway from here is that we are going to be, again, put in, immersed, an active participant in these Mickey Mouse cartoon shorts. He, Kevin Rafferty talked at length and kept referring to this new, not just a new story, but a song that he believes we're going to be singing over and over again. And it's also going to be a new technology that we haven't seen as yet. They're calling it two and a half D, right? Where you no longer need the 3D glasses in order to turn this flat world into what they called a dimensional display of amazingness. So um, that's so cool. Yeah, and I think <laughs> I think that's the thing that gets me excited about it. Yeah, is well, you were just talking the technology. Sorry. Yeah, sorry, Lou, you, you were just talking about the music, right, from, from Kevin Rafferty. A lot of people don't realize that he's the one that wrote a bunch of the music for Cars Land, if not all, that, that we hear in there, too. So imagine, you know, the talent behind that, how this is going to be reflected in, in this and the new technology. But do you know what song he didn't write? What? When the angels sing when you eat the cozy <laughs> <bones>. <laughs> You really are. You're, you are my kid up top, second. brother. Yeah. Nice job, There's Nicholas. No <laughs> <laughs> so I, I know we're coming back to me again, and I think for the most part, we really have talked about um, the the biggest takeaways. Look, I, for me, I, I go back to the people again. I, I think we really covered that as well. Um, you know, I think for all of the challenges that sometimes you hear about at Expo in terms of lines and queues and delays and things like that, and, and some of the logistics that come into into play when you have an event with so many people and so many moving parts, I think overall it was still a really fun event. It was an exciting event. I think that there was a, a an energy this year that I hadn't felt in past events there was a lot of people who were really excited. And I think that we, no matter what your interest area was, I think that we were really treated to a lot of what I like to sort of term as gifts from the company. And look, I still appreciate the fact that they reserve so many of these announcements that we've talked about. So many of these celebrities, so many of these reveals, they don't they don't have them in front of a small room of media. They have it in a venue like this where Disney fans from around the world can come together and we are the ones 
who get that news first are able to share and dispense that out to our friends, to our followers, to whatever it might be, to those people, like you said initially when we first started talking, this like-minded community, we are the ones who get to share that and, and talk about that and feed off that energy. Luke, I, look, Luke, I remember you and Frank and Jimmy coming back to the booth like wide-eyed and mouths agape wanting to talk about what you saw at this panel, at this exhibit, on this floor, whatever it was. And I think that is the beauty of what Expo is. Speaking of the booth, I have to say thank you again to Becky and her team and John Reed, our balloon guy, who built a gigantic Adat Walker out of balloons and then live (laughs) built an eight-foot-tall Groot out of balloons on Friday (laughs) afternoon. They were one of the things that people were, you know, taking selfies with and talking about. But, you know, we said this about Guardians. I think this event was really fun. And it's because of and thanks to not just the people that put it on, but the fans. It, but it's us, right? It's us. It's this thing that we, this community that we create together, um, the W Radio community, the Nation community, the D23 community, the Disney community, this fandom and Marvel and Star Wars community that gets to come together and, uh, and makes this event what it was. Uh, but, but before we wrap up, there was one more thing, right? To pull a, a Steve Jobsism accidentally. There was one more thing that we added on to make D23 Expo hopefully even better and give you a reason to stay one more day. And that was the inaugural WDW Radio Disneyland Quest where 30 teams got together at 7 o'clock in the morning after walking around. Crazy people. Crazy people. As if walking miles and miles for the past three days uh, on the expo floor wasn't enough, we challenged you. I challenged you and 30 teams to take up the Disneyland quest with over five hours in Disneyland and uh, about 250 questions. Um, Luke... And Shannon, you guys were both on teams. I'd love to hear your thoughts about the quest. Um, did you prep beforehand? Did you have any strategy going in? If you did, don't tell people what it was, uh, just in case we do it again. Uh, and sort of your overall thoughts about the uh, the inaugural, and I'm using that on purpose, um, Disneyland quest. Uh, Shannon and then Luke. Uh, it was absolute blast. It was really hard getting out of bed that morning after three days, solid days of expo and then getting prepared to go through Disneyland. But it was so much fun. We had an absolute great time. I, I was on a team with a coworker and his um, daughter and we just we had a great time going through all the questions all the questions so many questions and uh we spent a lot of time looking at those questions before we dived in and it ended up paying off and we we had a great time so when you said paying off this is your time this is your opportunity to humble brag how 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 well did your preparation and your strategy um in taking up the quest how well did it actually pay off for you well, it turns out that we were the victorious champions of the inaugural WDW Yay! Radio Yay! Disneyland Quest. <laughs> yeah, so I I was blown away, as was Trillian, the daughter who uh, was there representing our team at the announcements. We were all just 
Uh, so surprised, but it really was fun. It was a lot of walking. I think my Fitbit was at like 28,000 steps or something crazy like that. It might have been broken after all three <laughs> days, though. You know, like I was so tired. It was just it couldn't probably calculate anymore. But yeah, it was a lot of walking. We spent hours on Main Street, but uh, it all paid off. It was great. And the fact that you had fun was really, for me, the most important part about it. Luke, what about for you and, uh, and your team? Yeah, it was, it was tough for us. We had one uh, person who was a local, so Lauren knew the park really well. The other three of us, you know, had been a few times but not super into it. I, I prepped by listening to all of your Disneyland uh, podcasts episodes. Lou right the- there. Oh, it was a lot of Lou, and I thought it would help me. It did not at all. Oh, you're welcome. <laughs> there was nothing that could have prepared you for this quest. I We had so much fun running around that park, but I'll, I kid you not, I have never said, curse you, Lou Mangiello, so many times. Um, but it was a an absolute blast. We, we had so much fun exploring little nooks and crannies and two hours in Toontown. You know, who doesn't love that? Um, it, it was it was so much fun. Would do it again in a heartbeat. Well, it's interesting that you said you would do it again. It's more important that you said that you would have fun uh, because that was the goal. And although I don't necessarily believe in that every Little League team gets a trophy, all of you guys got uh, participant medals. I don't even like to call them participant. You, you're all winners. To, no, you're not all winners. It was only one winner. But you all got medals anyway. Uh, Shannon, you are. You were the winner. And thanks to... The uh, our friends over at Mouse Fan Travel, you won your choice of a trip for four to Walt Disney World or Disneyland, including uh, uh, resort and theme park tickets. You also are going to be the recipient of a mystery box. Ooh. Ooh. Yeah, as soon as I figure out what's going to go in the mystery box, you'll, you'll get it. Um, but I love the fact that, that you guys had fun and hopefully the goal to was to let you guys see the park in a new way and take you to places and find things that you might not have seen um, other ways. And look, as they say at the end of Wreck-It Ralph before he broke the internet, uh, when can we do this again? I think I'm going to take this opportunity because I just thought about it to announce that I I said this was an inaugural quest. We will do this again but not in Disneyland. It'll be 500 questions. <laughs> Whoa, slow down, man. I got to write these things. <laughs> and wow. then after that, 1,000, uh, 2,000, Slow down, kid. 4,000, Unless you want your dad in the loony bin. But I will tell you this. The only hint that I will give you is that 2018, probably in the spring, will mark the first Walt Disney World quest. So... Ooh, also ah, stay tuned. Spring? Stay tuned. Da, da, <laughs> Becky, da. Lo- Becky loves when I throw Spring? out dates and she starts panicking. <laughs> yeah, ever so slightly. Yeah, you, you so, do know there's a list, right? There's a list. There's, a there's list. an established list. Do you ever look at the list? No, there's but we list. have like 20 hours on a flight to China coming up in a couple of months. Oh. So we'll be able to do it. Uh... Calm down now. <laughs> Don't stress. Take Don't. It easy. That's Nicholas. Take it easy. That is, Good um, job, Nick. Nicholas. <laughs> But listen, I um, I want to first and foremost say thank you to you, Becky, for not just being a partner and a friend, but somebody who I got to share and enjoy Expo with. 
uh, Shannon, to you and your team, again, not just for being part of the nation, not just for being part of the quest, um, but for coming on the show tonight. Luke Lawson, you are a member of everything. You're a member of the team, the nation, the family. Thank you um, for being part of this as well. Nicholas Peter, awesome as always, brother. You are more than just a pretty face on the um, on the live reviews. And I really want to thank you, who's listening, who is sitting in this empty seat next to me, who was there with us all the days of the expo, all the days leading up to it, who've been sharing in um, all the content that we have been uh, sharing ever since, whether it's photos and videos and the fact that you're sharing some of your time with us. We wish you could have been at Expo with us if you weren't. Hopefully, we know that it's going to be coming back in 2019. We will be there. If Becky and I are still talking, we will be back on the floor uh, once uh, again. That means we'll be there because, again, we have we have trips now for 2021, 2022, 2023. Yeah, we're kind of stuck together. We're kind of. Um, you know what, Becky? We yes, are it's true. I'm happy to be stuck with you. Aww. Aww. A little Huey Lewis Aww. 80s thrown in there. Speaking of 80, never mind. Anyway, I want to thank Becky Mankin, Shannon King, (laughs) Luke M. Lawson, Nicholas P. Mangello, and you, my friend, the listeners, whether you were on the floor or you're listening online, thank you for making this the best expo and inaugural quest ever. We will see you at the next expo. I'll be there too. And if you're listening, I want to know from you what is the one takeaway What's the one thing, what's the one announcement, what's the one attraction that you are most excited for? Go to the show notes at www.radio.com. Click on the podcast. Leave your comments there. You can also go to facebook.com slash radio. Leave them there. Better yet, call the voicemail, 407-900-9391. Let me hear that excitement and passion in your voice and leave it there. And guys, thank you again. We are Groot. One last thing. Stuff of nightmares. Don't stress. Take it easy. (laughs) You remember that too, Becky. I just want to know. Are you trying to to threaten me there or something? Maybe a little revenge you think you got there? Really? Revenge is a dish. Bring it on, buddy. It's an old Klingon proverb. Revenge is a dish best served cold. And then you can heat it up again to make it good. I just need to know when the inaugural to... food quest is. When what? I think I know. When the inaugural food quest is. When oh, are we doing listen. That? Luke Lawson, I will tell you offline about the food-related thing that I have been Isn't there a lounge incubating. review promised yes. to me some yes, odd Becky, time ago? Yes, Becky. The next time you come down here, you and I will do a lounge review. Another I'm lounge there review. There in two together. weeks. I'm there in two weeks. Aye. FYI. Let's see if that promise comes through. Uh, so relax. Take top it ten easy. foods Calm Becky won't down. eat on the China trip. <laughs> oh, the thing that I sent you on Facebook is number one. Uh, uh, chicken legs. Uh, not not really into chickens' feet. Um, I'm going full on vegetarian. I am just <laughs> be... saying, full on vegetarian. That's uh, going to be a great recap show when we're yeah, done with China. I'm going to be. St- I'm going to have to be stuck with you complaining about food for two weeks. You know, realize when I get off that plane in Seattle. I'm going to head right for McDonald's. I know it. <laughs> Beeline for it's been nice seeing you, buddy. I'm going for an egg and muffin. I can see. I can see.
It's time for our Walt Disney World Trivia Question of the Week, where I invite you to test your knowledge of Walt Disney World's history, or I want to see how well you pay attention to the details, sometimes what you see, sometimes what you hear. If you think you know the answer, you can enter via our online form for a chance to win a Disney prize package. Before we get to this week's question, let's go back, review last week's, and select our winner. So on our last show, we were talking about how we were approaching, I can't believe, the 500th episode of WDW Radio. We were getting ready for D23 Expo, which was an amazing time. And talking about how, like we reviewed here on the show, it's about the people, not just the people on the show floor, but some of the the guests and celebrities that you get to meet and spend time with, including some newly inducted and longtime Disney legends. And that's what led to our last question, which was to tell me, who was the very first Disney legend ever to appear as a guest on WDW Radio. So I want to thank the hundreds of you, almost a thousand of you that entered, got this one correct, and you knew that back on episode five, Charlie Ridgway, Disney legend Charlie Ridgway, joined me for the first of many times. If you don't know Charlie's name, he joined Disneyland's publicity office back in 1963. He worked with Walt, eventually came over to Walt Disney World. I got to meet him a number of years ago. We became friends. We actually shared a publisher, and he had been on the show a number of times. So Charlie was the very first legend I had on the show back on show five, back in March of 2007, more than 10 years ago. So I took all of the correct entries, randomly selected one, and again last week you were playing for a prize package that included the 102 ways to save money for not Walt Disney World book, all seven of my virtual audio walking tours of the Magic Kingdom, both of which you, you can find on the WW Radio shop, a WW Radio Magic Band cover, some WW Radio sticker, stickers, and the brand new WW Radio Pop Socket for your phone, only available as a prize. And last week's winner, randomly selected, is Doug Wright. So, Doug, congratulations. I will send your prize package out to you right away. If you played last week and didn't win, that's okay because here's your next chance to enter in this week's Walt Disney World Trivia Challenge. So as we were talking about things like Pixar Place coming to Disney California Adventure, maybe start to think about Pixar in the parks and some of the attractions based on Pixar movies, and one that I have loved for a long time, really haven't seen in, in too long, which I have to remedy very quickly, is It's Tough to Be a Bug over at Disney's Animal Kingdom. And I'm not sure how many times, if ever, you have seen this, but tell me, in the finale of It's Tough to Be a Bug, right after sort of the big musical finale number, what do all the bugs leave and run off the screen chasing after? There's something or someone that the all the bugs leave the screen and chase after right after the big musical finale. Tell me what that is. All I need to do is go to www.radio.com, click on the podcast box on the homepage, Go to this week's episode, number 490, and use the online form there. You can not only give me your name and email address, but give me your mailing address, because again, you're going to play for the book, the audio tours, the Magic Band cover, the stickers, and the pop socket. So good luck, and have fun. That's going to do it for this week's show. Thank you again so much for taking the time to join me this week. Thanks to everybody who joined me in the booth and on the floor and online at D23 Expo. I also want to thank Becky and Shannon and Luke one more time for joining me this and every week and for being part of the WDW Radio Nation. If you want to find out how you can be part of our family, get monthly rewards, and maybe join me on an upcoming show, visit WDWRadioNation.com. I also want to thank some other new members who have joined the hundreds who are part of our family, including Jackie Basker, Joe Jeffrey, 
Elvis Morales, Cord Cooper, and Becky Malik. And don't forget that your support of the show through the WDW Radio Nation also helps benefit our Dream Team project for the Make-A-Wish Foundation of America. Again, to find out more, visit www.radionation.com. Don't forget also, in addition to, to the podcast, please check out the blog. And more importantly, join me every Wednesday night at 7.30 p.m. Eastern for WDW Radio Live. It's a live, interactive video broadcast and chat either from the home studio or out in the parks. Be sure to turn on notifications on the Facebook page at facebook.com slash Radio as I do go live, oftentimes not just on Wednesday nights, from the parks and on rides. And I'm also working on some new things specifically for the Facebook page for uh, that's coming up soon that you are not going to want to miss. If you have a question you want answered on the air, you can email me, lou at www.radio.com or call the voicemail. Be heard on the air at 407-900-9391. I'd also love for you to comment on this week's show best way to do it is either go to www.radio.com, click on this week's podcast, or you can do it right on Facebook at facebook.com slash Radio. Of course, like I said during uh, this segment this week, that while I love connecting with you online and in the box, I believe that nothing beats a handshake and a hug. That's why I do special events. That's why I do monthly meetups in Walt Disney World. And the next meet of the month is going to be somewhat of a special one. It's going to be August 13th in Future World. And if that that date seems to ring a bell, you know that Sunday, August 13th is the last day and the first day for a few things. It's going to be the last day of Ellen's Energy Adventure and the opening of the new green side over at Mission Space. What I think we'll try and do is maybe meet up around 10 a.m. in Future World near Ellen's Energy Adventure. There's the uh, coffee and pastry location outdoors uh, right by Ellen's. Maybe we'll meet there about 10 a.m., hang out for a little while or so, and then maybe try and do a group ride on Ellen and then maybe make our way over to Mission Space. We'll sort of play it by ear. But I will have details uh, over on our event page at facebook.com slash Radio. It's obviously free, open to everybody, open to the entire family. The more the merrier. Invite your friends as well. If you could RSVP, let me know that you're going to be there. We can have an idea of just how many people are going to show up again. That's going to be Sunday, August 13th. Uh, in Future World around 10 a.m. Go to facebook.com slash Radio to the events page for more details. Also, don't forget too, I do have other meetups and events, not just in Walt Disney World, on the road. We have our Alaska cruise in 2018. I have some other events for 2018 that I'm looking forward to announcing. And I also do sort of on-the-road meetups as I travel to speak at businesses and schools and conferences. You can visit loumangelo.com to find out maybe if I can come to speak to your business, to your event, or at your children's school or college or university. Also, you can find out how you can work with me one-on-one or in a small group as I try and really help you turn that thing you love into thing into the thing that you do with one-on-one mentoring or small group coaching or even just a single call to try and help you get from where you are to where you want to be. Again, visit loumangelo.com for more information. Thanks, as always, to Becky Mankin and the entire team at Mouse Fan Travel. They are my official recommended travel provider. Whether you're coming to World, Land, Cruise, or anywhere on the planet, they can help you for all the best possible prices and discounts, all at no cost to you. You can visit them over at mousefantravel.com and subscribe to Celebrations Magazine by visiting celebrationspress.com. And as always, if you like the show, and I hope that you do, All I ask is that you please help spread the word. Let others know about it. Tweet out that you're listening. Better yet, share a link to this or your favorite episode on Facebook in your favorite Facebook group or on your favorite Facebook page. 
And please take just 30 seconds to rate and review the show over on iTunes. Thanks to you, we have more than 1,300 five-star reviews. It's incredibly helpful. And I want to thank some recent reviewers like J.D.Z. Waleski from the United States who says, this is the best podcast. Just go ahead and subscribe. I work in the legal field. And as one can imagine, I can, trust me, it's quite stressful and boring listening to the Disney magic during work most definitely lifts my spirits. I love listening to the show on the train to and from Philadelphia because, let's face it, the commuter commuter life can be the worst. The host, Lou, has amazing energy. You can hear the passion he has for Disney in his voice. Thank you. At the end of the show, he mentions that all of his listeners are friends. He truly means it. I do. He says nothing beats a handshake and a hug. He means that, too. I really do. I had the pleasure of meeting Lou a few years back, and he's just as genuine in person as he is in the show. Oh, thanks. Keep up the good work. I hope one day, too, you can ditch your legal career and follow my dreams. Thank you for the inspiration, Lou. Until then, I'll keep moving forward, possibly just to the nearest White Castle. I love it. Your friend from New Jersey, Julie. Julie, if I can help you make that transition from the law to what you love, reach out to me to let me know. Giants 132, I hope he means or she means the New York football Giants and not the San Francisco Giants, not that I have any problem with them too, says, best podcast? I've been a listener for around two years now and I can confidently say that this podcast is the best. I'm currently saving for a Disneyland trip and Lou's podcast is making the weight more bearable. I love you all especially Becky. It really has the question mark this time. I hope to meet you guys one day. Take care. Thank you so much, Giants 132. Mr. Petey, all the way from those United Kingdoms, says, it is simply fantastic. I was tempted to do it in a British accent, but fortunately I did not. I've been listening to the podcast almost since Lou created it. Wow, that's a lot of Lou. It is a fantastic addition to my podcast list, and I simply love hearing all the facts and history behind Walt Disney World each and every week. Lou has such a welcoming presence, and it's always a pleasure to hear his voice. This is a must-hear podcast for any Disney nerd like myself. Mr. Petey, Giants132, and Julie, and all of you have who have rated and reviewed the show or have communicated with me personally, publicly, or privately, thank you guys all so much. To leave a review, just go to www.radio.com slash iTunes. It'll give you instructions and take you right to the iTunes page. And finally, most importantly, my humblest and sincerest thanks to you for the time that you spend and the time that you share and the friendship that you extend to me and the gift that you give me of your time and your love and support. I appreciate it more than you know. And as I do want to help you in any way that I can to go from where you are to where you want to be or just have a better, happier life, I want you to remember one thing, uh, to make sure that your actions match your ambitions, right? Do what you say you're going to do. Maybe, you know, that's almost uh, timely and, and subconsciously with the passing of Marty Sklar, it correlates to something that I think he learned from and passed on from Walt, which is don't just go ahead and don't just dream it. Go ahead and do it. Make your actions match your ambitions. And I hope that this is your very best week ever. Thank you so very much for listening. So until next time, See ya. Hi, Lou. Christine Mayen here. I am a huge fan of the show. I can't get enough of it. 
So I've been going back through the radio show archives for more. I just finished listening to show number 391, Top 10 Disney Movies That Should Be Made Into Attractions. And I have to give you guys a pat on the back. In 2015, in, in early 2015, you managed to predict a lot of attractions that did or are rumored to be coming to the park soon. You mentioned Mary Poppins' Jolly Holiday Ride, which, of course, is rumored to be coming to the U.K. Pavilion. You mentioned the Light Cycle Tron Ride, the Ratatouille Ride in France. Actually, I think Tim mentioned the Ratatouille Ride coming to the France Pavilion. So nice work. You guys are either prescient or you just really know what the people like. Thanks for everything you do, Lou. I hope to run into you for a handshake and a hug when my husband and I are in the parks in September. Until then, keep it up and have an awesome week. Hey, Lou. Christine Marson. I hope you're enjoying your D23 Expo. All right. So we're sitting here at the bar at Geyser Point. I've got this um, Blue Wilderness mystery drink in front of me. I do love the notch out for your thumbs. Pretty awesome. Um, it's a great drink. It's very refreshing, very fruity. I love the blue color. Uh, the Geyser Point bar is awesome. Christina is our bartender. And um, we can see the fireworks. And if you didn't know, if you're sitting at the bar during the Magic Kingdom show, you can hear all the music that they're playing during the fireworks. That's pretty awesome. Um, great time. First day was awesome. Tomorrow off to uh, Animal Kingdom and Pandora. And thanks a lot for the tip. Enjoy the drink immensely. And take care. Hey, Lou. This is Jill from Anna. Listening to your show for a couple of years now. I went back and listened to all the episodes, and I'm a big fan. Um, and I just wanted to say thank you so much for broadcasting live from D23. Um, when we heard that Ellen and the Great Movie Ride were going to close on August 13th, although we're very excited for what's to come, we were super bummed. So it inspired us to plan a last-minute trip. So we'll get, we're going to be down there that weekend, staying at the Beach Club. Um, just leave me and my husband leaving the baby behind so we can get on all of our favorites really quick for just a three-day trip. Um, so thank you so much for sharing that information. Um, and we're excited to hear about the Alaskan cruise next summer. We were thinking of going on one anyway, a Disney Alaskan cruise to celebrate uh, our 10-year anniversary, my husband's 30th birthday, um, and hopefully, knock on wood, me graduating with a Ph.D. So we'll have a lot to celebrate. and. Hopefully the dates will work out so that we can celebrate um, with you in WDW Radio. So thank you so much for all you do, and we'll keep listening. Bye. Hey, Lou, what's going on? It's Walter Songer from San Antonio, Texas, calling from you from light years away on Pandora. Uh, you know, everyone talks about how beautiful Pandora is at night. Um, but we're actually here in the midst of a rainstorm, and it is gorgeous. The the brush, the shrubbery, the greenery, everything about it is just absolutely beautiful. Uh, so it's a little difficult to navigate in the rain. It's absolutely gorgeous. Um, you know, we got the chance to ride Flight of Passage and Nave River Journey. Um, and, and words do not do justice to either. I don't want to give anything away for the, the people that haven't experienced it yet, but... 
just breathtaking, both of them in their own right. So just wanted to give you a call from Light Years Away on Pandora. Um, hope you're doing well, and I can't wait for the next episode. Take care. See ya. Hello, Lou Mangiello. It's Charlene Nagy from West Seneca, New York, and I'm calling in to say that you have been a phenomenal expert exponential knowledge for us for this G23 weekend. It was just such an amazing time watching in the box all weekend long and finding out everything that's going to be coming to Disney World, Disneyland, uh, Paris, and the hotels and the rides. And there's not a lot of stuff that's, like, going to be closing um, or it might be revamped or it's going to be added. I mean, the adding is just phenomenal. Uh, I was amazed at how much was going to be added in the next, like, five to six years. I am so excited for everything. Uh, I am so glad that we are 55 days away from Disneyland, and you are 59 days away from Shanghai under 60 days, guys. So you guys start planning, start getting ready, get those packing lists together because Shanghai is coming up right around the corner. Have a really magical day. Thank you, Lou. Love you and Becky for doing everything you did this weekend. It was amazing. I was crying watching everything. Oh, gosh. Wishes just got to me and the excitement of everything coming. Um, Thank you again. Love you all. Have a great week, Fox people and WGW Radio family and cruisers.